Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Dixon. Uh, here with me as normal, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jay, what's up? Yep, this is episode 101, so let me take you to school today. Um, are we... Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe we should just stop numbering these now. No, like how many I, it's too late, man. You're yeah. deep. You're deep in the game of numbering episodes. This is the first time it's, I haven't had to ask you what number it was, actually. Yeah, because you know now, episode. like once it's like 109, you'll be like, "Which one is it, B?" Right. We'll right. just look it up. Have to look it up every time. But uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, Brandon, have a great. Um, we have like exciting stuff coming up. Mm. So. Tell our me guy, more. Our guy Andrew Pelling is going to be coming on next week from the Pelling Lab that is the one that did the asparagus study. Dude, yeah. And uh, That so, one just, I really need to hear more about that. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting, man. So we got that all set up for next week. And this week, I had everybody in the spinal cord disability community knows this guy, Sean Fluke. Um, he's, this guy's amazing, man. He's got a uh, it's a real inspiration. Oh yeah, like uh, incredible uh, YouTube channel called mm-hmm. Live to Roll. Um, he's Check that started out. Started the Live to Roll organization. Um, you know, he does a lot of work doing peer mentoring and um, working with the uh, the Triumph Foundation. And they're doing a lot of amazing things as well. And I'll let you guys hear that in the interview. But um, just yeah, good dude, man. Really good guy. Um, Nikki from uh, Nikki Collette from uh, Ashley and Nikki that we had on uh, a while back, like probably a few months ago mm-hmm. now. They I, I reached out to them because they're on his show every once in a while, and uh, I just wanted to. I wasn't able to get a hold of him, so I was like stalking him through, you know, sending him messages through different social medias, and and uh, they were able to to link us up. And yeah, great guy. That's man. the way and, it should be done, man. We all gotta help each other. Yeah, and no, we're so all I, here I to, to you know, put a spotlight on spinal cord injuries and finding a cure. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, that's what it's all about. So shout yeah. out to Nikki and Colette for that. Yeah, or no, Nikki. Nikki Colette. Colette and Ashley, Ashley Colette. Yes. Um, so, yeah, they they're yeah, they were a big part in getting this one done. And uh, yeah, Sean just nicest guy man like more than willing to come on and, and uh you know spread the word a little bit and he does create yeah you know, i mean he he like shows like his whole thing started because he wanted to show people how he did a transfer um to like from his wheelchair to his bed or vice versa and that like just inspired him to keep making these videos about i mean he makes videos about everything brandon that mm-hmm. has to do with a spinal cord injury so um, it's it's a very very useful space for anybody that's you know newly injured or um, even you know, there's I found been a lot some, of interesting uh, stuff and I've been injured for 20, 22 years now. So. There's been some raw moments, man, of people sharing their um, just general life stuff that have really caught my attention and you know reasons why I was like we got to get them on this podcast like. Um, you know, when we watched the uh, documentary um, with the Red Bull athlete, uh, Paul Basagoidia. Paul Basagoidia, yeah. man, and his, Any, you know. I think that was any one of us is what that's yeah, called. Yeah, and, you know, him using the shower. Yeah. And, you know, remember Jessica Tawil? 
Yeah. And her, you know, just talking about um, her injury and like um, things like having physical relationships mm-hmm. and stuff like that, man. Those yeah. things are. He, and Sean covers all of that stuff yeah. on his channel, which is very cool. And and uh, now he, he does almost like panels, like where he'll have three or four people on at a time. And he's got a couple of co-hosts now that, that um, we talk about in the in the interview. But yeah, let you know. Let's get to get to Sean here, and uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. We'll talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are lucky enough to have Sean Fluke, who is the founder of the Live to Roll organization, which also he has a, an amazing YouTube show, a uh, couple once a week, and then a couple. Uh, a couple times a month, they also do a, a women's disability show, which is, is amazing. Uh, he works with the Triumph Foundation, uh, does a lot of work as, as a peer mentor. Uh, he's a quad rugby player and uh, C5, C6 quadriplegic. Uh, Sean, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. It's great to be here. So. Oh, yeah. My yeah. pleasure. It's my pleasure for sure. Uh, you know, I always try to start these interviews and just, you know, kind of ask, you know, if, if for anybody who doesn't know how you were injured, um, can you just kind of give us a little overview of what, what happened? Yeah. Um, so it's been 17 and a half years now or so. I was 21 years old snowboarding at a local mountain here, Mountain High, which is, um, it's basically a board park mountain. Like, oh, that's all it is, is uh, ramps. It's all jumps and rails and stuff. Um, but that was what I was into. I was kind of one of those adrenaline junkie type of, uh, you know, guys I grew up skating and biking and wakeboarding and anything I could really do. Um, so yeah, I uh, just, it was um, sort of a spontaneous trip to the mountain. My buddy called me in the morning, said, you want to go? We're going to go for a few hours. I had some tentative plans with my girlfriend at the time, but she was very understanding and was like, oh yeah, no problem. Go up for a few hours. We'll meet later. I was like, okay, cool. Um, first run of the day, we got there. It was really crowded, uh, cause it was a Saturday. Um, and I, there was one lift line that didn't have much of a weight and it was on, uh, like their extreme kind of area. And it was where they had just held the Vans triple crown big air competition. So there was just three big jumps and like two big rails. And that was it. Like that was the whole rail. But I was like, all right, cool. Let's go do, let's warm up on that one. And just like get a couple runs in and not wait 20, 30 minutes to get up the mountain. So we did, and that very first run, I, I eyed one of the jumps on the way. I was like, oh, I think I could do that one. I, I'm, I'm gonna try that. And my friend told me, you know, I don't think you should do that. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty gnarly jump. Like that's, that's probably not, not a good idea. Um, but I was having a good run. I actually hit one of the bigger rails at the top of the mountain and I felt great. I was like, oh yeah, I'm feeling great. And I hit that thing full speed as fast as I could, launched, and as soon as I left the snow, I could feel it sent me in like a direction I wasn't ready for. It kind of had like a little bit of an angle on the tip of it and like launched me back. And I ended up upside down almost. And to avoid landing on my head, I tried to tuck my chin to my chest and roll forward out of it, but I didn't have enough forward momentum or anything to do that. So I essentially landed on my spine. I landed on my neck with my head bent to my chest, like in, in my, my chin to my chest. So the first thing that made contact with the snow was my spinal cord. It was my neck. That, that was the initial contact. And as soon as I hit, I just felt a shock through my body and like just that big jolt. And um, I just 
it didn't hurt. I didn't feel anything really crazy. Uh, I just couldn't get up. <laughs> I laid there. I was. I, I didn't lose consciousness or anything. I just laid there, kind of looking and like trying to trying to get like push my arm up. And then I I went to move my arm, and when it moved by me, it looked really floppy and weird. And I was like, Wow, did I break an arm? What did it? What what is going on right now? I don't understand. Um, and then somebody came over and stopped, like, Hey, that was a really bad fall. Are you okay? And I was like, oh, I think so. I just can't get up. I think my board's stuck in the snow. Can you push it out? And they're like, no, your board's flat. Your legs are flat. They're not bent. Like I thought my legs were bent. And as soon as the guy told me my legs weren't bent and they were flat on the snow, I, I, I instantly knew there was a major problem. And uh, like after that, it kind of gets a little blurry. I went into ski patrol. They gave me some drugs, I think. Uh, I got hella uh, airlifted. To Loma Linda Hospital, um, had to spend a few weeks in ICU with pneumonia and stuff and other just complications in the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, eventually got transferred to Northridge Hospital because my family was driving two hours to visit me uh, in Loma Linda and Northridge is closer. So they, I got like an ambulance ride once I was stable and did uh, like two months of rehab up in Northridge. And um, that was my, <laughs> my rehab and injury story, which is Wow. And, and I had just turned 21. So I was really kind of just young and still, you know, and at that point, definitely did not know what to do with my life or what, what was going to happen, you know. Right, right, man. That is a wild story, Sean, for sure. Um, you know, so when did, I guess, when did the idea for, you know, after you got through all that stuff, how, how long after, I know you had mentioned when we were talking off the air that um, you know, the live to roll show in its current form kind of started during COVID, having the panels on or whatnot. And so when did you first start making the videos of, of just like your transferring and things like that? Like what, what inspired you to do that? When did you start that? Like how long after your, your accident? Uh, so it was actually quite a while after my accident. Um, uh, well, maybe like eight or nine years after my accident. So I'll be honest, the first year after injury, I didn't do a lot for myself. I sat at home. I really made no attempts to, like I went to my outpatient rehabs, which were mostly just stretching and things. They weren't really actively building my strength or having me try to transfer or anything like that uh, because of my level. Um, so I, uh, that first year, I, I really just lost and didn't do anything. But after I kind of, I got introduced to uh, at a support group, I met a guy that played rugby, Mike DeYoung. He's now one of my close friends, um, and it's helped me with a lot of stuff. And actually, the one that showed me the transfer that I currently do and use, which is a very unique transfer. It's something that's they don't show you in the hospital. Even the therapist, the doctor, they had never seen it. They were like, I don't know how you're doing that. I don't understand exactly because it just looks different. But for a quad with no triceps, it's extremely efficient. So it's just something that works. Um, but anyways, Mike introduced me to rugby. He invited me to come out and watch them play. And I did. And I was honestly extremely intimidated by it. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. Like, I, I'm not strong enough for that. But I kind of started like hanging around a little bit and showing up. And by doing that, they were showing me how to do things and teaching me tricks and showing me like, you know, this and that. And then Mike started showing me how to do his transfer and started building me the strength. And so like, I realized the importance of a disability community and like having having people around you that can show you things like that. And so like, I, I benefited from that greatly in my first few years of injury. Like that was my hugest thing. 
And once I kind of was stable and living my life and doing everything, people would ask me about my transfer all the time. Everywhere I went, people would ask me like, what, how, what, it, what is that? Like, where did you learn that? So I just had, like, I was like, you know what? For all the people that have never seen this, like maybe I can share it on the internet and help other people, like other quads that can figure this out. Uh, so that's how it started. I just was like, you know what? Like, let's do an online community where I can sh share some of these tips and tricks that I've learned from my local community um, and just kind of trying to broaden the, the ability to share is essentially why I started it. And that's what once, once the transfer went and everybody was giving me great feedback and people were actually messaging me saying like, I actually learned how to do this transfer and I can now transfer and I have it in 10 years. Like that was crazy for me. So I just started doing all the stuff I kind of learned to do over the years and just showing all these things that I had learned from either trial and error or watching other people. So um, that was basically why I started it, just to try to give people a little bit of a head start on, on disability life after, you know, after spinal cord injury. No, that's so important, man. Like you, yeah, I mean, I, there wasn't really, I mean, I'm assuming there wasn't much like that for you prior to like meeting these oh, guys. So yeah, there wasn't I, many videos. Yeah. Like that's such an invaluable thing for people to, to um, be able to, to tap into, to, to find out how to do like little, yeah, just like the little intricacies of this injury that, that you don't, wouldn't even think about. Yeah, it's hard too because you you probably know too. Like, sure, you you know the doctors and nurses tell you stuff, but like they've never lived it and experienced it and really like have that like true life experience to share with you and things that actually can help you and benefit you and stuff. So like, that's why I love the spinal cord the disability community, which I I, I used to say spinal cord injury, but I've learned so there's I've learned so much from other people with other disabilities and things too, um, and we're all in this together so it's not it's definitely right. a disability that's awesome man um yeah that's uh that's very cool you know when, and so talk about kind of the transition to having more of like the panel aspect on your show over the the course of covid yeah that was really just kind of born out of um some bit of a necessity City. I was talking to, so um, if you've seen the show or people want to check the show out, I actually have two other co-hosts on with me every week. Um, Tom Conway, who has uh, been a C5, C6 quad since he was four years old, um, and he's now 28, so he's somebody that's basically lived his entire life as a quad. And the other guy is my mentor. He was actually the first person that came into the hospital room as a quad, told me, you know, life was going to be okay, showed me pictures of him driving, showed me pictures of him water skiing, showed me pictures. And this was before the cell phone, the pictures, like, this was like, he actually had a photo album he brought in, you know, and showed me and stuff. So Bobby um, was so instrumental in my recovery in life and still is, uh, he actually trains the peer mentors at Rancho Los Amigos Hospital in Downey in LA here. So he's my other co-host too. So we have like 40, 50 years of experience between the, um, the three of us on there. And yeah, we had, I, we had talked about it before because um, they're both good friends of mine. And we you know, talked about maybe trying to do something like that and try to share. So once COVID started and as soon as we, like probably the first month or two, right after the lockdown started, we kind of started putting it together like in April, uh, like literally the month after you know, lockdown, um, it just seemed like, it seemed like the thing to do. 
because shooting videos like I can yeah I, I can show you guys me transfer in my couch <laughs> over and over but I mean how boring is that that video like nobody's gonna want to watch 10 videos of that <laughs> right. so um, and that's not that you know that's cool but the information is what's so important and stuff and then I also found once we started it that we were building a little bit of a community and people were coming every week to join and watch live and be part of it be part of the discussion and like help others also and they've connected like and I know people have met through like the chat in our live streams because, you know, like they've been able to connect through level of injury and location and stuff like, that's so it's, it's so cool. great, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's really, that's such an amazing, amazing thing you guys are doing. Um, and, and then when did the, uh, the women's disability shows start? Because I think that's such a cool, uh, cool aspect of, of your channel that you guys you know have these shows on there and i think they're like what the first in, or what like yeah. first and third uh thursday of thursday. every month at 3 p.m yeah yeah first and third thursday yeah uh, so we got two a month right now with them and that was just um like i said before like um brianna or actually i think that was off fair um brianna who hosts the women's show is a big part of the triumph foundation as well which you mentioned at the beginning I do peer mentoring and a lot, a lot of like uh, new patient visits and stuff for, for Triumph and recreational activities. We do a ton of stuff, honestly. Triumph Foundation is a, a terrific organization. And, um, but Brianna has also been extremely important in that. And she um, she actually was helped by Triumph. Uh, she was discovered at the Rolettes Experience years ago in a hospital chair that was like eight, 10 inches too wide for her, way too big, long. She just didn't even fit in it. She was just like sitting in this like, huge thing so triumph we gave her a chair that, that was on saturday we gave her a chair on monday because that's another thing we do is equipment exchange so like if you're in a, a something that you shouldn't be in like out of the hospital and you're waiting on insurance or something like that that's what one thing that triumph does as well um and literally month or two after uh, brianna was in that chair she was out at sport groups helping people talking to people so positive just incredible and then she really took to younger women because she knew how much she struggled her first couple of years and how hard it was as a young girl with a spinal cord injury to feel like herself again to feel pretty again to get back to life again um so she's been doing that for for a couple of years with triumph and i've always just kind of thought it was so cool what she was doing and always thought she was awesome so that was just i, I as soon as i got the opportunity i i had her on the show just as a guest one of our early shows. And right after the show, I, I asked her, I was like, you know, would you want to come back on and be a host with us and kind of have your own show? I told her she could have her own free, like she comes up with the topic, she gets the guest. She All I do is produce the show like in the background, like I'm like, you know, I'm just doing little things. So it's it's all all her, so all her information. And, um, and honestly, I think that is really good because uh, there's a, smaller women population in the disability community but i've noticed that and especially with younger women i think they struggle a lot like especially with mental aspects and stuff so i think it's really good to have role models like her out there to to help yeah that, that's amazing i'm definitely i'm gonna i might need your help uh getting her on the show on my show just to oh no, definitely that'd be, awesome. that'd be awesome i'm sure she would love to do it <laughs> yeah that would be great um i wanted to know what what has been your favorite 
show i know you've got a ton of shows out now which one do you have one that like sticks out to you as your favorite episode so far that is actually a tough one um and we actually i asked that because we did a our anniversary show we did uh back in um may now which was like like the beginning of may which was a full year of weekly shows which I, at the beginning i thought was impossible i was like there's no you know that'll be great if we do a few months like so to get that far along and stuff was just uh was pretty incredible but um i asked this to everybody and when it came to me i really struggled with this answer um i i i've really enjoyed so many of these shows but i think if i had to say i have a favorite um i uh it might have been one of the ones we had. Uh, we've had uh, these girls from Rolling Stone. They're actually a uh, disability, like smoke. They're, they're two married. One has cerebral palsy, one has CP, and they do like a cannabis blog. Um, so I've had them on a couple times. And for some reason, we've just always had a very good. Uh, so we did a dating, an LGBTQ dating relationship show with them because, you know, they're obviously like a you know lesbian couple um uh and uh just i don't know uh just conversations with them have been one of my favorites and conversations with nikki and ashley are actually it's like i don't know if i have a favorite show show but i've had some really really like top conversations and those are some of my favorite people to have on and that's why i've had like you know nikki and ashley now i've had them on my show several times they're on rihanna's once a month um yeah, yeah they're they're, they're awesome man they are yeah so i think it's just really yeah. about like it's just that connection with the guests when you have when right. you really have that like you know like thing so for me i would i don't know if i could pinpoint a favorite an absolute like this was my favorite show we did you know because a lot of them have had great moments and like <laughs> um, no, that, that's cool man yeah i, I, don't, I don't mean to dodge the question but it's just hard it's hard to like yeah, I was trying to think when when I came up with that question, I was like trying to think to myself, like what my if, if I had to answer that, what it would be for my show. And I have no it would be so tough, but I think it'd be along the same lines. Like I just like, you know, you vibe with some guests more than others or whatever, whatever. And everybody's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah, no, 100 percent. Definitely. Um, and, and Ashley and Nikki would probably be right up there, if, if not the the number one for me. But yeah, the, those girls are amazing. So. I did want to know, because on, you know, you, you guys talk about some real stuff that, you know, people that don't have a spinal cord injury or disability would be like, you know, holy shit, I didn't know you guys had to deal with that every day or, you know, so what, you know, did you have any kind of apprehension at, at has there been any topics that you've had apprehension at talking about on the show? Um. You know, I've actually gotten pretty comfortable with talking about everything. And part of that is before we were doing the talk show stuff and I was doing like just, you know, how I do stuff videos, I kind of, I've, I've put myself out there pretty, like, pretty far. <laughs> and that was hard to do initially. I almost had to like blind, like just click post and not think about it and not look and like, just like, <laughs> um, because like when I did like showing, like and talking about how I do my bowel care and like, you know, like very like, like, and then also sexual function and stuff like that. Like, you know, those are, those are ones that are harder to talk to, talk about initially. But for me now, um, 
and especially because I do a lot of talking with new injuries. I go visit, uh, like last week, I actually visited two new injuries, one at like a skilled nursing facility and one at a smaller rehab out here. Um, so like they have questions all the time initially, you know? So I have gotten very, like, I've gotten just very used to having to talk about like having to poop and having sex and whatever other, like, I guess those are probably the two more like things that people are uncomfortable talking about. And even like, I can tell even in the chat, people are hesitant to type questions even and stuff because like they are embarrassed to even ask, but it's a normal part of life. And especially like I've gotten into some pretty great details of my bowel care, which I'm actually trying need to do a new show because I just switched up how I do it. And like, um, need to talk about that because it's like something that I struggle with for all my whole forever. And I'm finally like, I don't know, at least temporarily, this is working for me. So it's like, like, I want to share that though, you know, like, so yeah. that, that's, that, that's what gets me past any type of embarrassment or anything like that. It's just like the fact that it needs to get out there. So like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to share, talk about it. It is sometimes harder when you get really personal questions, but <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I imagine that's probably rewarding on some, like, once you're able to, like, kind of let that down and go, like, it's probably pretty rewarding to be able to, like, give these tips that are tough to talk about, but that will really help people, you know, out to the, to the world, so. Yeah, so on, real quick, just one, one of, like, I've had a few things that stand out in my mind, but I actually was contacted a few years ago, uh, like, a couple years after I made Cause I made like a sex and masturbation, masturbation video, like how to ejaculate after spinal cord injury. Um, and I was contacted by a couple that had questions and they were trying, like they, they wanted to do this. Like her, the husband had gotten hurt. He was now a spinal, like had a, uh, he was a quad and they wanted to have kids. And they contacted me like a year later with the kid, like they had a kid, like they oh, wow. actually conceived a kid by, using like a, the like the vibrator and being able to ejaculate and doing it like at home and they were able to actually like so hearing stuff like that is incredible knowing i'm sure they would have done it regardless like they would have found the information and got it done but it's just really cool to hear something like that it's like wow like i might have had some influence on that you know like <laughs> no that, that's so cool so, man. That, that's that's fantastic uh, I, I wanted to know, uh, Sean, you know, when did you, you know, I remember having a peer mentor when I first got injured in the hospital and um, he was an awesome guy, but how did you get started doing that? Like how long after your accident did you feel like, hey, I want to get out here and, and kind of give back and, and talk to people that are, are dealing with this brand new? Um, yeah, to be honest, <laughs> I'm a little ashamed that I wasn't too involved in that in the early, early days. So like I kind of mentioned before, um, Bobby or Robert, uh, my mentor, the guy that came to help me, um, he actually grabbed me after one of the support groups when I was, I was in outpatient, um, still just going back to the hospital like twice a week and um, trying to do this, the, the uh, support groups when I could. So he actually grabbed me afterwards and said, hey, we have a new quad here. I'd really like you to come with me to come visit him. You know, you're young, he's about your age. You got like, you know, you're only like eight months ahead of him. Like it's be a good intro. And that quad actually happened to be Andrew Skinner, the guy who founded Triumph Foundation. <laughs> so 
and he still think remembers me coming into his room as like a young early quad and talking to him and helping him and stuff so bobby kind of got me initially to do that but i'll be honest i didn't continue doing that for like i didn't go on my own and do it um i did it a couple times with bobby to other people too um but it wasn't until years later probably um it wasn't until I was very independent because I got involved with rugby and I was very involved in that part of the like the sports disability community, which is kind of separate. Like there's honestly even like a different mentality. A lot of those like guys like they they will just do stuff. They don't care like if they're, they're like beat themselves up, like they're going to get something done if it needs to get done type of like attitude, you know, and I thrived with that. I was like, yes, I can follow that, you know, like um, but it took me a while to like realize that I could help other people with that like too. I could bring what I learned back into the community here and help people right out of the hospital and stuff. Um, and that was well after Triumph was already founded. Um, Triumph has been founded uh, since 2008 or no, 2012, sorry, 10 years now. Um, so they, uh, you know, they were already started and like kind of starting to do stuff. And so when Triumph started and I saw Andrew doing that stuff, I got a little bit involved and I started helping him with rugby, like trying to get guys out to play rugby and do some of our sports stuff. Um, but it took me like, honestly, probably for the last maybe seven or eight years, I've been doing more like actual visits and patient, like talking to people. And really only over the last like three years have I really actively been at the hospitals in the support groups meeting new injuries and like I if I meet a new quad I don't like meet them give them some info and like all right have a good one like I literally call them all the time I try to go work out with them I try to go hang out with them it, um you know like I, I it's a continuum of care you know like I, I don't like and that's the way it is with a lot of the triumphant people and that's what's beautiful about at all so like no that, that's so cool and, you know i've been wondering about this over the last couple of years with with COVID hitting and you know people are still getting injured and yeah. so you know i know hospitals at least here in washington state were completely shut down where you couldn't go in with anybody um yeah or go visit anybody so how how did that work with with trying to do the peer mentoring thing during COVID? that was definitely difficult um so one of the things instead of doing all of our because actually triumph does i think 18 different hospital support groups throughout southern california all the way from san diego to santa barbara but all of them obviously shut down <laughs> so we turn them all virtual we have zoom meetings on all on their on the the time and date that they would normally be we've been hosting them on zoom to try to do it and then to work with the hospitals most of the good hospitals actually purchased tablets for the perp for this reason so that they could bring the tablets into the new injuries and they could bring them into the support groups and we could they could join in ask us questions and hear what we're talking about and get the advice and stuff um, and then we are also still just dropping off like care backpacks which is basically just like books of resources inside like you know where you can find stuff on driving where you can find stuff on care where you can find different there like all different stuff um, that just could benefit you we were just dropping them off to the hospital and doing like you know like they would sterilize the bag wipe it all down and then they would take it into the you know the the patient 
so we were still trying to get the information out there but i can't imagine having to go through that during covid on your own family's not even really able to visit you're not able to see people like us to help like right. it had to have been really hard for people right in the last year or two yeah yeah i definitely feel for anybody that's been dealing with this over the last year um or you know a year and a half whatever because yeah that, that would be like not having the family support or even yeah like pyramid that would be like, so big like i couldn't um, imagine not having my family there you know like i just couldn't even like no, me too me too i would i mean yeah and especially i got such a you know younger people that are dealing with it too like it's i mean not that it's better dealing with it older or younger but right. when you're young and you you know you you know i got injured at 18 you got injured at 21 it's like that's that's you're yeah that your head's swimming pretty hard pretty deep after something like that so yeah yeah, yeah. thank mm -hmm. god you guys were able to to still do some stuff to help those guys uh, um, that had gotten injured yeah and, and yeah. You know, i wanted to dig in a little bit on the triumph foundation as a whole and like kind of i know, I know you you've been doing a lot of work that you mentioned Brianna has been doing a lot of work with it. So yeah, kind of tell us about the, the foundation itself. So yeah, the foundation initially started with my buddy, Andrew. And so when he was injured, he got hurt like right before Thanksgiving. So he spent the holidays in the hospital. He had Christmas and stuff. He was in rehab. And so he initially started Triumph to bring care baskets during the holidays to people that were stuck like for Christmas, like literally making little baskets with snacks and goodies and a couple little resources and stuff, a few things. And that's how it started, just at Northridge Hospital, just where he was, like where we, that's where we both did our rehab. Um, and then he realized other hospitals could use this. So he started doing a couple other hospitals and a couple other, and then other people started contacting. And then it became um, even more where he started wanting to help. He was always showing up to the support groups. So it ended up becoming like fully a triumph support group and then he started sponsoring the support groups and actually putting making sure there was going to be somebody at each one that was like experienced and knowledgeable that could run the group and stuff because sometimes if there's not somebody like that there they can turn into like a little bit of a pity party and everybody's just complaining about stuff and that's not super constructive you know everybody's just kind of you know, bickering about their, and, and obviously we have problems in life and it's fair to vent and you're going to need to vent them for sure. But it's just hard when every, like when everybody's just kind of piling, like you need somebody to be that voice. And so Andrew saw that and he put that in place. And then that was the next step. And then we started doing recreational sports stuff, kind of doing rugby things. And now we have like, um, like I said, I think 18 hospitals throughout Southern California where we do support groups. We do we meet patients all over the place, drive everywhere to go visit new injuries, drop off the uh, information and resources all year long. Um, we still do a huge Christmas outreach. We actually do Christmas parties at all the rehabs and throw Christmas parties and bring presents for everybody that's in the rehab and do all that. Um, and then so now with the sport and then we have the sports and recreation, which we have like a dozen rugby chairs, probably 20 hand cycles bunch of basketball chairs and equipment so we can actually host events and have people come out get in the stuff try it out like just kind of get out have fun in the sun type of thing you know like just uh just to get that experience um and uh honestly we there's there's even more there's even grants that triumph does as well so we have a grant program for people that are looking you know that need 
either you know home modifications um, or equipment. Um, and then we also have the equipment exchange, which is basically just a, we have a warehouse with old chairs and stuff that people can essentially take and, and give from. So like when people come out of the hospital, like I said, in a big old bulky hospital chair, they can't even push around on their own. Like we want to get them out of that and into a functional chair until they can get like their insurance chair or whatever. And if they don't ever get the chair chair, then they'll just, they can just keep that chair until whenever, whatever. That's you know? great. And, and you guys just get um, equipment donated, uh, chairs yeah. and stuff donated to you? So a lot of the equipment is just donated from people that, you know, it was just older, they got a new thing, they whatever. Sometimes it's sadder stories where people have passed and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, everything's just donated or bought through, you know, donations to the nonprofit from sponsors and stuff that are out there, which um, a lot of bigger companies do, yeah, now sponsor Triumph and do, you know, a lot of, a lot of the events will have a couple different, you know, vendors and stuff out too. So that's another good thing. You can come out, play, have some fun, and you can see a bunch of different catheters and things that you might need to check out anyways. Like, right. Oh man, that's so helpful. That, that sounds so cool. I'm, I'm glad you, you got involved with that. And like, and so what is your, I guess, what is your role with Triumph? I mean, do you just, do you just volunteer and go, go help out at these different events and stuff or? Um, essentially, so I'm a, I am a certified um, a brand ambassador and peer mentor. We do a year, every year we do like an all day, eight hour, like, uh, like clinic type of thing where we refresh information, you know, what to say, uh, you know, what you shouldn't say, what, like two patients and all that. So like they actually train us to, to be proper peer mentors and not just kind of like, you know, just whatever. <laughs> just whatever yeah. They want to keep a good reputation and things like that with the community. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I'm a, that's mostly, I guess what I do a lot of, I do a lot of uh, the new injury visits, especially for quads. So like I try like, and that's what we'll try to get like people at similar levels. So anytime there's a C5, C6 quad, like, I'm like, yeah, send me, I'll, I, I would love to go. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, I'll meet anybody, but yeah, C5, C6 quads or any quads really, but like when they're close to my level and they can, I can really probably show them a lot of stuff. Then I really like want to be there and do that, you know? Um, but, and then I do a lot of stuff with the recreational sport and stuff too, but that's mostly my role, uh, the peer mentoring and then helping out with the recreation activity. Yeah. Okay. That that's so noble, man. What you guys? And speaking are doing of that. that, we're actually going on Saturday. Uh, we'll be hand cycling in Huntington Beach, like along oh. the beach. So, <laughs> like, nice, nice. literally every weekend doing stuff. You know, so that's, that's so cool, man. I'm, yeah, that's a noble cause that you guys are all working on. I I salute you all for doing that. And before we get into, I want to talk about um, some of the sports experiences you've had back to the, the peer mentoring are they let are the hospitals down there letting you guys back in yet or you it still has to be all virtual through zoom so actually for one-on-one -on -one visits they have been letting us in now um we have to be fully masked and everything and they still want you to keep distance um but yeah they're letting us in they're not letting us in for support groups yet because those are larger groups gathering which actually we have gotten cleared on a couple hospitals and we may start to set up some in-person stuff soon. But um, as of the last like probably two months now, we've been able to actually go in to the hospitals 
and visit the patients like one-on-one -on -one with them. Um, that's great. That, that's got to be so, so beneficial for the people that yeah, are stuck yeah. in the hospital with not a lot of family and friends around uh, or even being able to visit. So yeah, one of the guys I met um, on Friday, just last Friday, uh, he had been hurt since 2019, but like right at the end of 2019, he got hurt. And then COVID hit like right as he was leaving rehab or like, and he didn't, he wasn't at a good rehab facility. So he didn't get much rehab. A lot of his recovery, he got, he was a gunshot victim and he got shot six times. So he had a lot of other recovery to do, you wow. know? So like by the time they sent him home, he was just barely like healthy and whatever. And so he's now in rehab. That's what I met about the rehab almost two years later, a year and a half later, just learning how to transfer and sit up in bed because he like just went home with no knowledge, was at home the whole time with his family who had no knowledge and just didn't. And the only reason why he's in the rehab now is because he got a bed sore, a, like a very bad bed sore. So he had to go in and then they were able to get him some rehab. So it's like, you know, it's, it's really hard right now for people like, and, and he's almost slipping through the cracks, but hope, luckily we kind of, kind of caught him at the end, but. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good that you were able to connect with him and, and kind of, uh, you know, give him some knowledge and stuff. So, yeah, that's crazy to be injured for two years and just, you know, basically just going through like legitimate rehab now. That's terrible, man. Yeah, he's been using a Hoyer lift and, and he's, so he's actually a T1, T2, but since he got shot through the arm of several of the times, he can't move one of his arms is pretty much is very limited. So he's kind of a quad. He's like a para, it's like a tri, uh, I don't know. Uh, but he's high level. See, he still has all the AD and all the stuff quads deal with as a T1 because he's still so high up. Right. Um, but yeah, so his family, like he literally was doing nothing. Like he couldn't even sit up on his own in his bed. Like that's just like... Ugh, that can't happen you know yeah no that's i'm glad you you were able to to connect with them for sure man hopefully you can get them on the right path and, and teach them some of the the tricks that you've learned um but yeah so you know i did switching gears a little bit sean back to like the sports thing i wanted to know um you know i know you'd mentioned that your your mentor kind of got you started or, or uh um, you know at least some knowledge about uh, the quad rugby and you went out to some practices and it felt like you probably couldn't do it, you know, yet, but, you know, when did you really start trying to participate and, and competing in, in the rugby? So that's, I honestly owe a lot to my friend, Mike. Like, so I had, I mentioned Bobby, who was my initial kind of savior and mentor really helped me. Mike was like my next, like my, he, uh, Bobby, I'll call like my quad father, and uh, uh, Mike is kind of like my big quad brother uh, because he was the one that like he was just a little older than me, had been doing it for a few years, and had already figured out this like elbow transfer that we do and stuff. Um, and so he just was the one that kind of like, like, uh, like he actually started. I think we just kind of clicked, like connected as like friends. You know, we're still very good friends. So he started coming over to my house and I had a workout machine that, that like, like was donated. And like, I was like, not really using it. And he's like, dude, that's a really nice workout machine. He's like, I'll come to your house and we'll work out together. And so he started working out with me because he knew I wanted to get stronger and I wanted to play rugby. I had seen him doing it and, you know, seen the guys doing it. And so I honestly owe a lot to that to him. He came, literally showed up at my house. I mean, it benefited him too. He was getting his workout and stuff. But he was showing me what to do. He was put, putting me, 
you know, on the right workouts and what I needed to do and stuff. And so eventually when I did build strength up and he threw, put me in a chair <laughs> and they got me in the rugby chair, it actually felt like, like I could push around and I could move it. And it's like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know, like, um, so that was my initial, like, kind of like how I got over that fear, that, that hurdle was, was because of my buddy and because of somebody helping me. And that's why this is so important to, you know, continue that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so have you, uh, like, it, I think I saw on your, on your uh, YouTube channel that you, you had done some snow skiing and also water skiing. Like what, what's the best, like what, what's the, what did you have the most fun, I guess, trying out when, once you started participating in some of these uh, different sports after your injury? Yeah, the, I honestly love trying all these different things and different sports and stuff. Um, but the skiing is big time. The water skiing is, I think, my number one thing. I'm actually going in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going up to Big Bear Lake to do it. I signed up uh, and I'm paying. That's not even through Triumph. I just paid to sign up to go up and do it on my own. Um, but the water skiing is so cool as a quad. So I'll explain a little bit. Um, I did the snow skiing probably eight years ago. And that was a big hurdle for me because I got hurt on the mountain. And I was like, you know, snow, that, that's what, like where I lived a lot of my life early, like before. So that was a big hurdle and it was fun. It, it was good to get up there, but I couldn't control the ski at all. I, 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 have, I don't have enough core strength. I don't have enough arm strength. It just was a big, heavy, hard to move for me. But I had a great time. Um, the guy kind of just cruised me down the mountain. It was fun. With water skiing, it's literally just sitting still and this turns you right and this turns you left and this okay. like so you can like lean like that's all you're leaning you know like just tiny leans and like and i have pretty good balance from you know growing up like a kind of an athletic background and stuff so for me it's just all about that little bit of balance and with the water skiing i can actually go out of the wake i can come back in i can cruise around like almost like surf on the wake a little bit like it's really freeing and fun like it's honestly one of my favorite things to do in the world and i usually only do it once a year for the land meet sea camp that um, a hospital casa Kalina puts on they do it in long beach every year it's a three-day camp i sign up for at least one day of water skiing and then i actually help out with the rugby the other day usually i'm there um but this last two years they haven't done it and even this year they can't they didn't want to do it they're just too whatever so that's why i was like you know what i'm not missing out this year I'm going to Big Bear. I'm going to do it up there. I'll do it on my own. Um, and that honestly is so, so fun. But on a side note, I did recently last year, just this last winter, I went back up to Big Bear to do the snow skiing again. And they have way different skis now. Like it's the, it's been, they, they're upgraded. They're newer, new technology, more modified. And I actually was able, like, it was a lot of work. I'd throw my body like pretty hard to turn it. But like, I was actually able to turn the ski and do it and move. And I had a ton of fun and I'm going to continue to do that more of that now. So I just, it was so hard that first time I was turned off for so many years. But once I finally decided to try it again, turns out they've updated things and it's way better now. So that's awesome. So with the uh, going up to Big Bear Lake to go water skiing, do you have to do they have one of the skis that you can use up there already yeah. or what, what's the, where do you, where are you going to do that at? So it's at Big Bear Lake. And so um, the, I think they are a foundation. Um, 
is called USARC. It's a, a you know, uh, what is it called? I'm trying to, I know it's something recreation adaptive. I can't think of what the, what it stands for right now, but I'll, USARC, I'll get it from you off the air and I'll, I'll add it to the notes. And the okay, cool. Podcast. Yeah. They're a great, great foundation. And they're the ones that typically come out and do all the ski. They bring the skis and the boat and everything to Long Beach. They bring it all down and like set it up and run it basically from there. Um, and they're the ones that run the snow skiing camp too. They have like a little office right at the base of the mountain. They have all the skis there. You don't need anything. That's all free, no rentals, nothing like that. If you pay for their ski day, everything's included. Your lift, the ski, any equipment you need. If they, they have helmets and things, uh, you know, all the stuff you need. Um, so USARC, they're just basically the, um, they're the ones that supply everything. They own all the water skis. They own the boats and stuff for the water too. And um and typically Triumph works through them. And that's what like, when I went snow skiing, that was through Triumph. So actually anybody that wanted to sign up, it was paid for through Triumph Foundation. That's another thing like you can, all these things like, and it's not expensive. It's like a hundred, 150 bucks, I think to sign up on your own um, for the full day, you know, um, but still. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, like, that, that's awesome that Triumph is able to help the people that aren't, you know, able to, to come up with that, so. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah, times are tough sometimes out here for people, but that's so cool that, that they're doing that. And yeah, man, I'm, I, that, the, the water skiing video I watched was pretty, pretty awesome on your YouTube channel. So that's, uh, I'm excited, man. You're getting to go back up there here soon. Thanks man. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, it's honestly so much fun. Like if you ever get the chance, I, I would say for sure, try it out. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, Sean Fluke, I appreciate you coming on the show so much, my friend. Uh, this was a blast. Um, do you want to you want to give out um, your socials and your you know your contact stuff for uh, people to get in touch with you? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram. We have our official is at live to roll, just spelled out L I V E T O R O L L, um, and then I have my own, which is just at Sean Fluke, just spelled out. Um, and Fluke is F-L-U-K-E. Um, and then also YouTube is our main channel, basically where you'd want to follow where we, most of our content is posted. And that's just youtube.com slash live to roll. So you can just type it in and we're official enough to where it'll, it, it comes up right there. Uh, and then also we have a website, live to roll.org, which right now I'm trying to update with just more, like I have an autonomic dysreflexia page. I actually have a sex and ejaculation page. I have like just some of those important information, like I'm trying to do inf informative just so people can visit the website and just read it if they want, you know, to get the yeah. info. Um, so um, yeah, those are the main things. And then um, I don't know if you want to put all, you can maybe Brianna's uh, Instagram is Brianna.rolls.on. So if anybody wants to follow her as well. I'll, I'll, I'll put hers on there. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll link to everything too on the on the show notes and the, the Instagram posts and whatnot. So uh, awesome. yeah, and, and what we can we can catch your show. You're every Tuesday, 3.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, yes, and then yep. what women shows first and third Thursday of the of the month at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. So yep, first and Everybody third. Check. Check out Live to Roll and uh, and Sean and, and Brianna and uh, yeah man keep up the good work Sean. Thank you, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on here, um, and we'll definitely we'll, we'll have to get you on the Live to Roll show too. So yeah we'll do, man, you know. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to anytime.
No, that'll be great. Well, I, I'm sure I can come up. We'll come up with some good topics, and it'll be it'll be really cool. Yeah, it's been, great. It's been fun talking to you, man. It's been a good yeah. conversation. Don't go down, man. All right, buddy. Yeah, thanks so much, Sean. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. That was my guy, Sean Fluke. Uh, I want to thank him again for for joining me on the show and and some taking taking some time out of his day. That was uh, that was great to uh, finally catch up with him and and get to uh, have a conversation Brandon I I feel like I really like put him on the spot when I asked if uh, I, I asked him what his favorite episode was or his favorite you know guest more or less and of his he, show yeah because I was like oh man he yeah. listened to all ours no, cool no. yeah right <laughs> um, and I, I was like uh, you know they I don't know. He just was just like, I don't know, man. It's so hard to, like, I have so many favorites, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just really, like, he basically said he likes the energy of whoever he interacts with on the on the show, which I can completely relate yeah. to because I'm like, I have no idea who I would say. I mean, I have, like, I, I, mean, I have I already, some really favorite guests, yeah. but, you know, like, art. And, and we're uh, super appreciative of even, oh, yeah. like, the ones that, you know. I maybe. feel like there's something great out of every interview yep. we've done. Everybody there's been a couple, yeah. There's been a couple of people that were like kind of maybe it just wasn't in their weren't really schedule yeah, or, or, or yeah, like, they were just kind of like said okay because they they had to. But um, you know, there's been so many great people like you know, and he brought up Ashley and Nikki, and they were so much fun on the show, and they're just really uh, they're really entertaining and and you know very very funny and and real so yeah i mean that's kind of what i look for when we're doing these episodes is just like the realness of of the people we're talking to which is which is great and sean is right up there now too man he was it was a lot of fun speaking with him so um yeah we're gonna hopefully do some more stuff down the road and and the triumph foundation like that's what they're doing is, is so amazing as well with the you know and i so the guy Andrew started that by because he had to be in the hospital over uh, he got injured um, in, right before Thanksgiving I think so he spent all the holidays that year in the hospital which is terrible yeah. right so he wanted to give like gift bags to the people that had been newly injured and were dealing with the same situation so that was nice to see and then it's just kind of slowly you know snowballed into and such that's, bigger things that's what's now, gonna happen man i mean right. you're gonna you know things don't always you know start out one way and end. you right. know like the way yeah. you expect they just organically right, grow and yeah now the try everybody should check the triumph foundation out to donate if you can i'm gonna put a link in the in the description of the show here so that you can check them out but they put on you know sports uh like like uh, lake days and, and even skiing and stuff uh, like mountain skiing for people we talked a lot about that uh yeah and it's just it's so it's just beautiful man what they're doing so i'm you know they have a uh, like wheelchair exchange thing where if you need a wheelchair to sit to use because you're waiting for insurance whatever the case man, may be they huge they, yeah they they hook you up and um, let you use it and then you know they just accept donations so you know anybody did you guys talk much out, about uh murder ball with sean uh not the movie we did he did talk about playing, talking about the actual game yeah right? oh, not the, movie. the actual game's not called murder ball bro 
Dude, but it, I mean, he, it he's looks pretty. It. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. And he he said that when he first went out, I was watching these guys play. He was just like, "There's no way, man. I'm not like I'm not. I can't do that. Like I'm not strong enough, whatever." Yeah. And he just you know got with some really like he had a really good group of of kind of mentors around him that helped him get there. And yeah, he's played you know for years now. Mm. So. That's uh yeah and I I was really interested in hearing about that too but he he said that water skiing is his favorite uh, adaptive sport that he's played so far which I thought was was very cool so yeah he does everything man yeah he does he's really he's out there he's man. shooting guns he's going down mountains yeah he's like yeah he's a he's a very interesting guy and I'm I'm like once again I just want to say thank you to Sean and yeah i guess we will be back next week with andrew pelling and and till then i hope you guys have a great week stay safe and talk to you soon